My podcast sense is tingling. Hello, welcome to Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast, hosted by me, Henry Gilbert. Yeah. Hello. Uh, so yeah, this is the podcast about comic books, sequential art, line drawings on paper, Ooh. all those things. And I'm here with first off, regular old co-host Christopher Antista. Indeed. Thanks for having me, Hank. It's nice, nice for you to come down here. <laughs> I, I'm sure you had a lot of things going on. And then we also have Brad Elston. I'm, I'm still here. You're, you're, stop, you're soon will no longer be a guest. You'll just be, <sighs> uh, you'll be a fixture. installation. You'll be promoted to fixture. Yeah. Uh, occasional host of the show, actually. Uh-oh. I'm your here Rich Little. Here it goes. Mm, very occasionally. Well, so let's start off with the big news, guys. Brian Singer has been touching young boys. <laughs> no. Now, but, did you guys but see yes, this? Yes, he's so, only now getting in trouble for it. Well, so he said, Whoa. first off, Brian Singer says these claims are false, and then it's just somebody trying to get money out of him. So let's just say innocent until proven guilty. Now, he says that some uh, young man is alleging, well, he's not young anymore because it happened during the filming of the first X-Men film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, young, uh, a man is alleging that uh, Brian Singer uh, took advantage of him on the set of uh, of X Men when he was sixteen. Is he the one who was forced to jerk off in front of him? I know. I didn't read this far. God, it got so much sexier later in the article, Henry. I need to. Uh, yeah, I. It was just. Uh, it's it's sad to hear that about Brian Singer. I it's hope it isn't true. Like, what's more heartening is reading. It was fucking blip in the news, but like that Kevin Clash, voice of Elmo. Yeah. 100% cleared on everything uh-huh. due to evidence and the timing of the allegations. Oh, wow. And, like... No one covered that. His career is ruined. Yep. He's been cleared of everything, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about it. And But it, it does show you that, like, he's Elmo, not the director of a high-profile movie coming out. Brian mm-hmm. Singer's a bigger target for those kind of people. Well, but as the director, he can sit back and just let all the, let all the actors do the press. It's, it's also hard for me as a, as a man. Mm-hmm to feel bad for a 16-year-old that was taken advantage of. What, you wish you were taken advantage of when you were 16? No, it's just, but like, they're all like gay males. <laughs> like, you just did, and... you just did gay shit. Like, <laughs> okay. what, do you really, I haven't, <laughs> I very rarely regret any sexual <laughs> exploit of mine unless it goes wrong or embarrassing. Maybe, that, maybe it's embarrassing to them. Maybe, you think so? I don't know. Well, sex don't is know. always embarrassing. Whatever. Eh. So, you know, I was bringing that up. You're a bad joke. Sex is hot, bro. I thought we were going to start talking about free comic book day. That was That was the joke. I was. I sorry, decided sorry. to deflect you guys, but hey, really, how was free comic book day, guys? Uh, everywhere. I I had no intention on going, mm-hmm. but then we ate somewhere, and the next door was at Isotope Comics mm. uh, in San Francisco. and then Topes lose. There was a stormtrooper out front, of course, so I was like... Oh, oh really? Yeah. Was he the Boba Fett storm or the uh, no? Never mind. Yeah. At the Mission Comics last year was the Wolverine Boba Fett. Oh right. Cosplayer. Apparently, oh, that he's guy's a everywhere. Yeah. yeah. This was just a very thorough, a very thorough, accurate working microphone speaker, um, so he could talk through the helmet. Oh, when you said there was a stormtrooper, I thought like okay, it was a standee of a stormtrooper. No, so a, was a person man. standing there wow. with a gun and like would talk and you know done up very nicely. That's pretty cool. Um, what else? And there was it was a big crowd. It was really yeah. It was really mm-hmm. p- really packed. I love it's the one time Mission Comics which I go to, we went to just recently like there's never more than one employee there and then for yeah. free comic book day it's like Christmas or 
uh, October in the Halloween store, there's I think like it 16 is the employees. busiest day of yeah. the year. Like, totally. There's so. balloons. It was kids face painting. I love that. And then there, a mm-hmm. rule of like two comics per you idiot adults. Mm-hmm. Kids can have five. Because that's sort of the point. Like, and, No, and it's I, meant for the young people, yeah. not... They don't want the regulars. Mm-hmm. Like, they want new people. Free Comic Book Day is about getting new uh, fans. It's about breeding new fans, there really. No, there's Indoctrination. There's, there's no free comic I've ever read that ever compelled me to read more into the series. Mm-hmm. They don't even usually give you the whole comic. Well, they give the you comic. a taste to get you to keep going. Yeah, it was weird, because the last time... This year, the, the Marvel stuff I grabbed, because uh, mm-hmm. also I grabbed the, the, the Batman Be- Batman Beyond mm-hmm. comic that Did was you- there, grabbed that, and then uh, the Rocket Raccoon and Guardians thing, and yeah. I was like going to grab Iron Fist, but it was like half of... I didn't of even a, see Iron Fist. Well, it was like half of a preview of it and half like Amazing One. I'm like, mm-hmm. I already have... Where? And then the Guardians of the Galaxy, I couldn't tell what it was, because mm-hmm. it's not... Like, I'm not missing any issues, I yeah. don't think, and mm-hmm. this had content that wasn't in any of the comics, where... Flash gets recruited to go be in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, no, these are original things. In the Guardians of the Galaxy one is original. Like, it's meant to oh, I see. be an advertisement for their future okay. stuff. Same with it. In that one, it also has, I think, a very brief preview of the Spider-Verse crossover. or Well, not crossover, but Spider-Man event uh, that happens later this year. Uh, all I saw was a preview for that Sterling... Uh, Starlin? Thanos. Jim Sterling. Jim Starlin. Mm-hmm. Jim Starlin. Uh, the graphic novel. Thanos kind of. Requiem? Or Thanos? No, it's like Infinity Revelations. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> <The> Chronicles. <laughs> Colon subtitled. <laughs> Extreme. <laughs> or Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's cool. The, so which were the ones you grabbed? You grabbed Marvel, Rocket Raccoon, Be- Batman Beyond. Anything off the beaten path that you grab? No, or? Carolyn got the first trade of Saga, which was oh, uh, not, not part of that. But, I mean, when you're in there, you yeah. know. Well, you feel, when I've gone in there, that's when I felt guilted on those days. Like, I should buy a book. I tried like, to get that X-Men uh, hardcover that you got that continues oh, with the, the omnibus one. Like. Yeah, and I didn't have it. So, And then I saw it again, mm-hmm. but I was on my bike, and I'm like, I'm not well, riding around with this. Well, if you were there... See, that's one of the ones, such an extreme example. Like, I paid 66 bucks for it, mm. and you would have paid 100 I think, yeah. with tax. And, like, that's ultimately what hurts the stores. Like, you're just, like, it can't beat Amazon. Yeah. No I did that. I mean, the mission dropped everything 25%. Everything that, in the that store. almost has them approaching Amazon prices. Still, it's yeah. like I always go in there at, at a point to purchase from my mm-hmm. local stores. And I went to three and I purchased at least one thing from all of them. That's good. That's I good. felt really good about myself. Mm-hmm. I picked up that Fantastic Four trade you were recommending. Yeah, uh, I got him to read, uh, starting with the Wear and Go Wade run, starting with Unthinkable, mm-hmm. yeah. and then running basically till till, till great, Wade till Wade. Why did you rec- recommend that to readers, maybe, for a second? Uh, I mean, that's just where I picked up Fantastic Four, because it was when I started reading again in the early 2000s, that was, I think, the first comeback of Doom, and it was Doom mm-hmm. rejecting... Science? science and going like, well, if I can't beat Reed with science, I will beat him with magic because mm-hmm. he doesn't understand that at all. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great, very Mark Wade kind of thing yeah. where Mark Wade is so good at analyzing these characters and then knowing them so well to find a direction they haven't gone before, yeah. and that really was it of just like, yeah. <laughs> and his entire run that goes through up until I mean, even the artist Waringo dies somewhere in there, and it's yes. really sad. 
Um, but he was such an underappreciated talent. He's a great he artist. Was, he was so good. He deserved to be way and bigger. You, than you he recommended was. it to me, and I signed up for Marvel Unlimited. And like the fucking bizarre patchwork of gaps yeah. in series, and it's mm-hmm. like where you had recommended it picks up the issue after that. Huh. So yeah, I just decided why not pick up the trade and I picked up the first uh, trade of Sex Criminals, which uh, the first mm-hmm. issue was fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also like uh, Image has been really hitting out of the park lately. Mm-hmm. Like I. What I've been so well. First, let me tell you about my free comic book day experience. Oh, can I finish mine? Oh, so you just, you all can, right. Okay. I'll be quick. Yeah, mission, uh, mission. When I went over to I went from Mission Comics to whatever comics the comics in the Castro, mm-hmm. big gay comic store with free cookies. It's pretty great. That is that uh, sounds awesome. But they had bagged and boarded uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one. I'm like, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna buy a physical issue of Spider-Man number one. Might as well be on free comic book day when it's bagged mm-hmm. and boarded, which added two fifty to the price. Which I have very little knowledge Whoa. of how much cellophane bags and boards cost nowadays, but I know I, it's I, not that much. I feel like I paid at most fifty cents for a bag and board. But back in my day, I paid. 50 it just they cents. had the option to pick up both, and I decided to go bag and board. Mm-hmm. I take full responsibility. I picked, uh, and then I went over to. Um, I've never been. There's a comic book place in the West Portal. You ever been there, Elston? No. Uh, it's it's really nice. Uh, but they were ravaged and out of the free comic comics and had just put out overstock. So <laughs> apparently it was the time I could pick up and uh, 10-year-old issues of Green Hour and Black Canary because that was I, all they were giving us. I do like those comics. overstock days. Oh, but- and th- what, what I did buy, which I showed you guys, uh, I, I went to that store. I'm like, what trade do I want? And I see an amalgam uh, comic yes. book, The Age of Amalgam from DC. Classic. Classic in that it, it's all pretty terrible. And out of print. It seemed out of print. It was eleven dollars oh, for is. a very thick trade. I was very happy with that. What did I pick? I got Donald Duck, Guardians, uh, shit, Archie. I want that They're, Archie. Like wow. I have, I have almost everything. The Archie I went to three and Bongo stores. ones are Archie and Bongo both have very. Yeah, good. I got the Simpsons one. They're got, great ones for kids. Like they're. I got somehow strangely rejected the Mega Man one. I don't know. I got to get over that. Mm. Uh, and mm. and um. The coolest way... Did you see Transformers versus G.I. Joe? No, no. I stopped caring about that like the fifth time it happened. There's just an awesome splash page of Destro getting a sword in the chest and then firing a blast. Uh, I, Jesus, I forgot the main G.I. Joe's name. Duke? Duke. But just firing a blast directly in his face as he's being stabbed in the heart. <laughs> but it's drawn to look like the old G.I. Joe style. And yeah. it's like you've never seen anything that vicious mm. really ever happen. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's like there was a... Was it Jay Lee drew one in uh, like the early 2000s? So, yeah. And it was just like, okay, Transformers G.I. Joe. And then it's like then it happened again and then it happened again. And then it just... It stops the, being special. Both of those brands just seem to get like rebooted and restarted. So And they keep mm-hmm. switching to Devil's Dude, I you know, to maybe IDW or Dark Horse or whatever. Yeah, like I it's think just, IDW's 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 now. It's just so... They're always all over the place. And I can't... Yeah. By the time I... Like there was a Mega Man comic too, that same era. And it was like ran for a little bit, and then it stopped, and then it was gone, and then Archie got it. And thankfully, Archie's has been consistent now. But mm-hmm. there's Archie's just a, set, a hand. <laughs> I said I said I didn't pick up the Mega Man one, not because of any other events, because I really like Flynn's comic, yeah, a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, just I wasn't caught up. I think. So on my free comic book day, tell me, Hank. I do want to do an episode sometime where we do a segment about the amalgam thing because that's worth discussing. Dude, it's yeah. insane. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right, but the my free comic book day experience is very short because I. Uh, you know, well, we had a thing. I had a lot of stuff going on Saturday uh, in the afternoon, and so I only had the daytime to do it. But I also, I've been trying to go to the gym more. I've gone to the gym at least once, and I'm trying now twice a weekend. So I'm on my way to the wow. gym, 
And I'm gonna and uh, and a like, a, a, I can't believe a story on Cape Crisis begins with I was on my way to the gym. <laughs> on my way to the gym, so I said from any of from any yes. of us. So. I, I was on my way to the gym, but, but he so, stopped at Papa John's first. <laughs> I've had to cut Papa John's out of my life. Oh, There's no. no more Papa John's. I keep getting but the garlic. I'm sauce. getting sad Papa John's emails of like because <laughs> they know I'm not going to their online site anymore, and they're like, we got a great deal. Check it out. Um, but yeah, so a block from there is the comic book store. So I take a side route and I'm going up the street and I'm like, well, I'll probably go in there. I don't think there'll be a long line. They've been open for a couple hours. And then like I'm getting closer to the end of the street and I see that looks like a line wrapped around the block. For, mm. Not wrapped wow. around the block, but that goes around, like, wow. like as in around the corner, like where the fudge is made. It's uh, <laughs> There's like 20 people long line. And I think that can't be for the store. And as I get there, I'm like. It really is for the store, and it's, it's also all these kids I in line too with their parents. And so I store. thought, well, so first there was all these kids in line with their parents. And I mm. thought, well, now I feel silly as the the single dude in his gym outfit <laughs> got to wait in line to get a Spider-Man comic for free. <laughs> and uh, now this was fantastic comics. When I talked about last time, mm. where did I, I shouldn't have named it, uh, but anyway, the one I talked about last time, where Henry I was just kind of disappointed in it, but. Um, but yeah, so then I left it, and I, I, and I exercised, did an hour cardio, and then came back, and there was still a line around the corner. And I was like, well, fuck this. I, I don't care this much about getting a free comic Did book. you go to Amazon after that and buy something? Anyway? I did, out of spite. <laughs> out of spite. Now, uh, and then surprisingly, on free comic book day, I bought some, some albums that were released on record store day. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, you picked me and Grim up the Scott Pilgrim vinyl albums, mm-hmm. which is... Cool. Out of print. Yeah, I O-O-P. will... I don't own a record player, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I want one. Look, I'll give you I'll give you the one I got then for the for twenty dollars. Okay. But uh hell? Hmm? Well, he is out twenty bucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, got you. I, I got had you. to pay twenty bucks for it myself, I man. Got you. I got this you. wasn't a free thing I got. I was I sincere. paid him, I paid him back already. Mm. Yeah. Grim didn't even pay me back. Well, I haven't given it to him. He hasn't Oh anyway. This is all our, our lives, everybody. Yeah, all right. But anyway, so <laughs> then I just said, screw that, and I went and saw Amazing Spider-Man 2, which we'll talk about after the break. No, we're not going on break yet, but after the break, we'll talk about Amazing Spider-Man 2 okay. and get all spoilery and stuff. It's crazy you're the only one who's seen it. As, the, as for what else I've been reading this week, mm-hmm. uh, I was going to compliment Image Comics because I was really catching up on Image stuff. Like mm-hmm. Image is, they might be the best like publisher at the moment because the best writers and artists, yep. uh, like... Here's what I think about the quality of creators from company to company. Mm-hmm. I think DC, while they have some good guys like Scott Snyder mm-hmm. and Jeff Johns, I think they're really chasing away talent. And instead of trying to hire back guys who worked at Marvel in the 90s, like Tom fucking DeFalco writes for them. Like, yeah. he his writing in 1996 was stodgy. Like, yeah. and uh, so then up from there, there's Marvel, where I think there's a little more creative freedom and they get a little better writers. But then. The Marvel writers who used to be their best yeah. guys have now gone to do creator-owned yeah. things and Image. And that's I, where I Brubaker's to, doing. He's doing two different I books. I meant to pick up Southern Bastards, but I just it didn't, yeah. didn't catch my eye from Bru- Jason Aaron. Brubaker, yeah. Jason Aaron's doing Southern Bastards now. Brubaker's doing both Velvet and Fatal. And uh, then there's Fractions, Sex, there's six Criminals with Bad Fraction. Casanova? And then I read two new ones, mm. which I'm reading Lazarus by mm. Greg Rucco, which I'm really liking, because mainly because the art is by Michael Lark, who mm. did Gotham Central with Rucka mm. and also did Brubaker's Daredevil run. Mm. Did, you, and, did I mention yeah. East to West, the Hickman comic? Oh, uh, yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, and then one other that I read that was really good was the um, Pretty Deadly 
by uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios. Mm-hmm. All these A-level talents mm-hmm. who never get to do uh, creator-owned stuff because it seems like it never makes them money. But here you're getting A-level creator-owned stuff that is making them money. Like, it's it's... It's getting to be successful, and they're all doing like great work. It's on, just, on it's the, really awesome. On the weird end, uh, I read Amazing Number One. I thought that was great. I forgot all about the pretty fucking hardcore black cat punch to the face. Yeah, and to see yeah. that brought up again, like, yeah, I didn't forget. Like, oh, there was some am, ser- pretty serious consequences to that. I am glad that Amazing One overall it was good. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like we all agreed that it's buttoned up a little too quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I was Doc Ock, and I'll, and yeah, a lot of the citizens still don't buy it, and are still mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, we don't know about you. So that's good. But, but every I, other superhero is pretty much. It does pretty look much like the next over. couple issues will be Peter coping with the damage brought on by Octavius. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, that breaks my heart. The one with the uh, Anna Marie. Yeah, poor Anna Marie. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's that. I guess I didn't think they had slept together. I was surprised that. Uh, Told you. It's just weird that well now it's just a weird thought to think Doc Ock had sex with Peter's body like with a midget. With a, with Wait, a little I, I was told after my WWE tweet about the uh, opening match not to use the M word, please call them light people. <laughs> That's what somebody on Twitter told me. Uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Silverman had a good joke about that. Mm-hmm. She's like, they're called little people, or you can also call them. David, tell Sarah you can call them hilarious. <laughs> I Let's tell all the jokes that we like. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I liked uh, that. Kind of putting Black Cat back in some sort of villainous role, yeah. Because she'd been, she I definitely just been a sex buddy. Like, well, yeah, I liked her. Like the Black when when Spider Man's in the black costume in the eighties, mm-hmm. his relationship with her is like my favorite, pe- like period of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's this super like sensual on again off again like, but they don't like. She likes him in costume. She likes out. him in co- like it's a very it's kinky. Co- it's a very cool relationship. Um, and she's also clearly still skirting the law. Mm-hmm. And then in the last few years, it's been like she seems more just like a superhero. Well, and, and there's not yeah. like to to revert her back to like villain state would mm-hmm. be cool mm-hmm. if it's not going to be Spider Man just yells at her. No, I was taken over by Doc Ock. Did you see all the like? I don't want it resolved immediately. Like let her be a bad guy for a while. No, I I want that too. It, they tried to make her a star of her own book, so she got to be a good guy, and she's yeah. like. Friendly with Mary Jane and stuff, so they no, no, they no. slightly reset it in just with Brand New Day, where she's like, "Well, I don't know who you are anymore, and you're unattached. Let's just have sex." Yeah. And Spider Man's like, "Okay, sure, let's have sex." Yeah, and, and that was okay too. Yeah, it was it was an interesting situation. Spider Man had never been in before. Well, it was a good reprise. I mean, it was back to the eighties. Well, okay, he wasn't, it was he wasn't with Mary. He wasn't married then. It was a reprise, but they also they both were in agreement of like, "Well, we're not having sex," or I mean, we're not having a relationship. Yeah. Like, Spider-Man yeah. wanted it to be a relationship. Yeah, in which is in keeping with his character, so that's fine. But yeah, but, now but at this point, it's like if you're going to bother bringing her back, like just let her be a villain for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, which I'm glad they seem but to be doing. The, the repercussions of him punching her in the face and just webs her to the wall and walks away, and then it's like, yeah, he called the police. They showed up, confiscated everything she's ever stolen, ruined her life, put her in jail. She has a record now. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty nuts. I didn't expect, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't expect all that. I, I forgot about it entirely, actually. But it was a shocking moment at the time. I, and also her really, bad luck stuff, like yeah. that it, it caused Spider-Man funny bad luck that he got lost his spider costume mm. in front of everybody. I thought that was just that person's powers. What? So it, no, it, no. This, the powers ate his costume, mm-hmm. but she, Black Cat was looking over at him right. right as he got to that thing. So I think the fact that it was such a silly... 
thing that embarrassed him. I think that was a bad luck you power. Put, did you put it on sequential fart? That yeah. that was a laugh out loud moment for me. Like I'm serious, no social media. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. That was funny. No, it was. Did you like was, the electro stuff? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. No, it was just supposed to be a funny book. Like mm-hmm. it was. How do we make this feel different than Superior? Spider-Man's going to joke again. Yeah. It'll be sunny outside and silly things will happen. Like that's <laughs> and he'll fight silly characters like the White Rabbit. Like Yeah, that was good. Like the White Rabbit now is the regular. All right, who's silly do we have for him to fight and easily defeat? Okay, White Rabbit got it. Like it was a fun book. I it's still I am like an amazing one. I'm definitely well, I'm not why would I get off the bandwagon at this point? Right. But uh, and then I read uh I'm still one issue behind, but I read all new X Men twenty five and Guardians twenty five, mm. and all new X Men twenty five, which is, again it's late to the party, but it, it's it, it's really cool bit where uh, it's a mysterious figure in the shadows, which you'll you'll figure out who it is pretty quick when you read it. Uh, Corsair, no, uh, is talking to Beast as Beast is trying to go to sleep, and he's like, yeah, I can't, and it's all about like, yeah, I brought them here from the past, and I've broken the timeline, and I've broken everything, and blah 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 and then someone's just like oh no I can show you like how your actions have basically screwed every timeline in every universe and how how, no matter what happens and every page that you turn is a different artist uh, reimagining and there's that page that's Bruce Timm drawing Jean Grey and all these different versions Wow! I tweeted it yesterday you you idiots Uh, but it's Bruce Timm doing that like here's Jean Grey as Phoenix Jean Grey as Jean Grey Jean Grey in her Grant Morrison era outfit Jean Grey in her whatever and then you turn the page and it's the uh, Madeline Pryor Goblin Queen kind of look and you turn the page and it's this very silly Sunday comic Calvin and Hobbes style art Mm. and like every every page is really cool and then it ends with like oh we gotta set it right and Hmm. uh, and then Guardians was this big like reintroduction I think of like well, it goes, like, person by person, and, of course, everyone gets hunted down and scattered, and then Star-Lord's thrown in prison or whatever, and so it's kind of, like, a big issue to start. Like, if you wanted to jump on... Mm, that's cool. That's a good point to do it, because... Nah, or I'm it's not it's not 25, but it was another one of those 499 anniversary issue things. Hmm. All right, well, I'm... I'm, I'm lo- I love Guardians. One other thing I was reading was... I just started reading it today. Mm. It's the Andre the Giant biography book that just came out, oh. which is a comic book biography by a oh, person. Is, is it a comic? Yeah, it's oh, a comic book that. biography. I sent you the dang link. You can't look at the link. I did. It's a fucking cover of a book. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is It is a comic book, black and white comic book, autobiography, or not autobiography. <laughs> It's called Andre the Giant Life and Legend by Box Brown. And it's a... Box Brown. It's uh, published by First Second Books. And it was really cool. The uh, the the excerpt I read on the internet was like 10 pages long. And the, the second I finished reading it, I was like, I gotta buy this. And it was just the story of how Andre the Giant... So it's a famous story, the uh, the super fight between Ali and uh, Inoki, uh, Antonio Inoki, that happened in the 70s. Like, it was one of the first ever supercars that was broadcast worldwide, yeah. everywhere, even though nobody in America had heard of Inoki. But, uh, but Inoki made the event, so he got to do whatever he wanted. And it's an awful fight because it was a shoot fight, which means neither of them wanted to do anything. But on that same card was Chuck Wepner, the real Rocky, Chuck Wepner, the Bayonne Bruiser, versus Andre the Giant. Hmm. And Andre knew it was fake, they told Chuck it was real. 
<laughs> and so and they were in an agreement that Why they, is this hitting me? they were in agreement that uh, no matter who wins they get twenty five thousand dollars each wow and so in the 70s yeah man early 70s that is, 25, some, real, that is some real money mm. so then andre decides like you know what screw this and like well like chuck webner like hits him for real really hard in the face a couple times and then andre gives him a headbutt and then body slams him out of the ring. <laughs> and that, if you've seen Rocky Three, is exactly what happens in Rocky Three, but with Hulk Hogan with and lips. Rocky. Yeah, yeah, with Thunderlips and Rocky. And they were just mm. recreating that moment. Huh. But it really happened with Andre. So wait, it was a boxing match or a wrestling match? It was, a, it was an exhibition match. Chuck Webner had a boxing gloves on and was punching, oh, and Andre had free hands. Right, because this office. is when they had to—they couldn't call them wrestling; they had to call them exhibitions. Because sort well, it was all very confusing. There was something like that in the Squared Circle book about like yeah, promoter, yeah. like I don't know, but some people were like these aren't real mm-hmm. matches. And, and then there's fine, this, it's an exhibition. And then also there was a little bit where it seemed like it was from an interview he had done with Hulk Hogan about Andre, where Hulk is just saying like. It was so hard for Andre just to exist, man. They didn't even know. It was just... But he just did it. No complaint in the world. But he didn't suffer fools. And I was like, wow, this sounds awesome. Like, mm. just, It was this the sad tale of being Andre the Giant. And I drank 400 beers. And one, <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, there'll be a link to it on this week's episode of Cape Crisis. Mm. So, yeah, there was that. Uh, any guys read anything else? No. Uh, well, I, was, I wanted to ask this. Did anybody read anything, buy anything on Comixology? Yes. So, last week. Hmm. So strangely, and this, I still don't get how this totally makes sense, but I only use the Comixology app for non-Marvel, and I use the Marvel mm. app for everything that's Marvel. Yeah. It just kind of happened that way where I downloaded Marvel's first, like two mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. and then someone was like, oh, I think you were probably it's, like, hey, the Comixology one is everything. Oh, really? So I downloaded mm-hmm. it also. So the Marvel one... Which is the exact same it's the, as Comixology. Yeah. Well, it's the same guided view. It is sometimes no. It's the same with the, thing. with the sales reflected too. Usually on Marvel, it's books. the same thing because everything I buy in one I can mm-hmm. read in the other. The like it remembers where I was at. Like mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's because Marvel it, and DC um, utilize Comixology's technology for their own apps, right? And the Marvel one, and presumably the DC one mm-hmm. also, you can still do in-app purchases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, yeah, it keeps working, guys, because the Comixology mm-hmm. one. Okay. I have not even opened. Right. You know, I've thought more about it since we talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. And I totally see why other people are bothered by it. Like, it's just not... It doesn't impact me specifically. But I think... The big, I definitely think Am, Amazon fucked up. Like, the biggest drawback that I... Because I, I don't use the website to buy ever. Mm-hmm. Um, is when you're done with a comic on Comixology, it's like, you like this? Let me recommend this. This is the next comic in the arc. That yeah. functionality doesn't exist There's anymore. like three good links where it, it doesn't it. even exist in the new app. Well, yeah. it just gets rid of it it gets rid of impulse buying. Like oh, people yeah, yeah, yeah. people won't buy books as quickly as they would before. That's why I really, or yeah. discover new things. I keep That's saying cool. if I open up another tab 80% of the time now I'll forget why I opened that tab in the first place and go about my regular internet yeah, business. I I have to assume 60 to 90 days they will They'll do something because I bet. Seems like they reversed that. The, the best decision I can come up with, and then I read it other places. Why not charge thirty percent extra in Comicsology and less on, on your website? App. Yeah. But why not just do that? Ninety nine cents. One twenty. Uh, iTunes has been selling one twenty nine 
$1.29 tracks forever. It's not, yeah, it's not something can, people are uncomfortable with. Should, you know, that's not a bad, that's not a bad fix. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, hey, uh, you know what? We, because I want to situ- situate the Amazing Spider-Man 2 stuff on the other side of the break, yes, let the spoiler stuff, let's talk about Gotham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Brett, have you seen the trailer for Gotham? No. Oh, no? No. Well, check it out. Yeah, it's, it's, check it out, it's great and kind of weird. Yeah, so Gotham is Smallville for Batman. Like, that's what it is. And they've apparently they filmed the pilot, so they were able to put together a trailer for it. That's, if that's, I meant to, I wrote up a little piece on it on Laser Time Podcast. Heck, um, And we'll read your comments in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that was the part that bothered me the most. Like, it, it's got Inception horns everywhere and Jim yes. Gordon running around. Yep. And, and then it's at the end, bef- before Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. And then they show all of them. Like, yep. did in, I don't think they filmed this whole series. Are they really so propping they're just up? just going to shove them onto the pilot. Are they well, you propping up Jim rig- Gordon as the Stripe Sox nanny to Batman's Muppet Babies? <laughs> that is so, like, that That was yes. unnerving and, like, weird fans. Because, like, all those DC shows have a weird Elseworld kind of thing going for them anyway. Well, because they, they're not in the same universe. Like, I know, but it's like, universe, if you so. look at the cartoons or Teen Titans, like, you can... It is kind of part of the universe, even though it's not concurrent with what's uh, happening in comics. Well, it's not that it's part of the universe. It just it more accurately reflects Represents it. the universe. Yeah, whereas well, Smallville yeah. was like, yeah, they all went to school together. I and know. I just found it hard to believe that all of these characters' origins take place at the same time. Well, no. At inauspicious the... ages. And Jim Gordon is the key to all of it. Well, that's the exact same thing that happens on Smallville. Yeah, it was Which just I, like... Which I found excruciating to watch. They've got to make it like Dawson's Creek, so they're all in high school together. Mm-hmm. Doomsday goes to high school with them, Brainiac, <laughs> all of them. But that's the thing. It didn't look like it was going for that because, like... Wait, eh, Doomsday? The, the, the league... There was a Doomsday in it. it he, wasn't, he didn't really go to high school with them. But there was a Doomsday, but not... There was a thing called Doomsday in it. It was okay. not the Doomsday. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just, I this, don't want to This is clearly it. starring like this isn't eighteen. I'm okay. I'm totally okay. It's with a police Arrow. procedural. Yes, with Batman, young Batman characters in it. Yeah. The, well, the problem I think is, what if it goes ten years? Like, and what if the kid they hired to play Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. does not grow into a Bruce Wayne? Exactly. Like, that could cause a problem. Well, but I mean, like, if it's a show about. Well, Ooh, if it's Gordon. a show about Bruce Wayne, then Bruce Wayne should leave in two two years and then show up in the last episode. So this when he moves starts with the, the the murder of the parents is the is the mystery being solved in the yeah. first. Okay, episode. and they make it look like this giant underground conspiracy. Oh, and the weird thing mm. I noticed that I, well, that's how it was in that Batman Earth One book. Did you saw you get to see Riddler and Penguin, and Riddler's like kind of nearing adulthood. Yeah, it makes Batman the youngest character in his entire menagerie. Mm-hmm. He is oh. younger than everybody in there. I could. I could see Batman being ten years younger than the Riddler, and and definitely like fifteen years younger. Not than Penguin. according to Batman Forever. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, he's, but yeah, he's but forty like, years younger than Harvey. Dent. But he's the same age as Catwoman and Poison Ivy, who are both in the trailer, and they're little kids. No, Catwoman looks significantly older than Bat- than Bruce. No, Wayne. she doesn't. Yes, she does. No, she doesn't. She looks like Natalie Portman in the Professional. Like she looks like twelve. I don't know about all that. I took some screen caps. Go to LaserTimePodcast.com to find out. Um, she looks pretty young, but she's a... Yeah, it's just weird that you'll, like... I don't know. Bruce has to leave when he's what age? Like 16 or 18? No way. He's gone for like a decade before yeah. he comes back. He does a decade of training But what age does he leave? Well, he comes back at, say, 22. Okay. And so he's... So he's a 14-year-old. I, I believe he is 8 when his parents are killed. Okay. <laughs> I think that is what it's Cody Stovall wrote, James Gordon, Bruce Wayne... Back to smaller back. 
<laughs> I I read a funny tweet from Mike Drucker that mm-hmm. said uh, maybe finally we'll see how Jim, Jim, James Gordon became Jim. Like it'll be the story of that. Yeah, it is. How, how James Gordon got that catchy nickname? Raccoon, mm-hmm. Raccoon Hale says the young kids worry the crap out of me as well. It seems unnecessary and very much like J.J. Abrams style sense of fan service, and that uh, it's only mm-hmm. there to beat you over the head with the source material. Mm-hmm. Con anyone? Well, I mean, that was Smallville too. Smallville had like three winks per episode. Yeah, like that's kind of cut from the same cloth type deal. Like, but what about Adventures of Lewis and Clark? Well, that one just—he was Superman. Like that's what was nice, right? Like, but I just wanted to mention that show to see if anyone reacted at all. I wish there were more shows like that. Of just like, no, this is fucking Superman. He's Superman all the time. He's already Superman. We're not making you wait for Superman. Like he's here, right? I wish more shows need to do that if they're going to do superheroes. But that is what the Flash and Green Arrow are doing. They are just the superheroes. Oh boy, the Flash. Yeah, what, uh, one Ton Turtle says, I thought this was going to be an adaptation of the Gotham PD comic. I mean, I wish it was Gotham Central, but no, it yeah. isn't. He says, instead, it looks like a prequel to that comic. Does that mean that season two of the show, it will do a time skip or something, and at least we'll get a little bit of Batman's true origin? Well, I, I have to assume not. I believe what the deal is, is that it's part of the... It's similar to the Bat embargo that happened mm-hmm. to the Justice League cartoon. Hmm. Uh, when the Justice League cartoon was uh, the, the DCUA show, Justice mm-hmm. League Unlimited, you may notice that after a certain point, hmm. aside from Batman, no Batman characters were in it. And it was because... Like because of the Christopher Nolan shows, they said you can have the Batman cartoon that's on 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 the F or on WB, and you can have my movies. But Batman, Batman, and Batman characters get to be nowhere else, and so only Batman appeared in later Justice League seasons. I think it's a similar thing here where they're just like, no, Batman is a movie character. You don't get Batman on a TV show. So if they did regular Gotham Central. It would be when Batman is around. And even if Batman only appeared in the periphery, in in the shadows, in, in you know, silhouette, technically Batman would still be in it, and that would break some rule in DC's right. executive like, chain of command. And I, like, I mean, again, I'd go with DC's, you know, TV pedigree here is pretty strong. Yeah. They've maybe some missteps, but, like, generally speaking, their animation and their other shows are, mm-hmm. like... You can't say they're not successful, even no. if they weren't your cup of tea. Like Smallville ran for ten years. Yeah, and it was so. a good. It was on its on its worst day. It was a terrible show, maybe, but it was a good show most of the time. And but like this idea that oh Batman, you no, it's like you need to get over that right now. You got Samuel Jackson mm. to show up in Agents of Shield as Nick Fury. I know, like and like Sif you, and, you, and you got Sif and like you just it's it's not worth hanging on to these old ideas when it's like you're. Your movies are already clearly trying to reverse follow the Marvel Avengers plan, which is understandable. Uh, you could take your time, but you're not gonna, so whatever. But the TV shows, it's like, who knows what that deal is, but at the end of the day, Warner Brothers, like, you well, own all these characters. They're afraid to go all the way and commit. I think that's the problem. Like, yeah, it's, not even on the, it's not even on the network they co-own. That's a problem mm. with... Well, mm. does WB even exist? Oh, CW, mm-hmm. that's the show. But... But I think the problem that's happened that I noticed, too, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is that they want to have long-term plans, but they don't make the plans. They're also afraid to commit. Like, right. if they were really certain about what movie Batman was and what in, in, the, in Zack Snyder's movie Batman was going to be, mm-hmm. and they could really commit to it, 
this could be his origin. Like, he'd right. be like, yeah, this is the origin of the guy who will be in the movies. Mm. But it takes place eight years before Man of Steel happens, so we don't have sure. to recognize the Superman If stuff. I'm not yeah. mistaken, though, didn't... But they don't have the balls to do it. But Smallville didn't get that luxury No, either. Smallville got fucked. Like, he got fucked because it was of that. Ten, like, it was a decade-long show with no origin. Well, no, I mean, it was an origin. Well, it was it was a bit of the origin, but becoming Superman, that never happened. No, it happened in the last episode. In the last episode, he put on the costume and he became Superman and beat Darkseid. That's what happened. Oh, it did? Episode. I see. But they had always held, like, the moment he becomes Superman, the show is over. There was no direct shot of him in the full costume. Right. There was that, too, which... Again, felt like some executive mandate, like of just like, yeah. no, this is a rule. No Superman. He doesn't get to be Superman on the show. No one directly calls him Superman. You don't get to see him in yeah. full costume, which I'm I'm totally down with for like four or five seasons. But, but at some point, last yeah, episode. at some point, it's like you need to you need to think of the you know mental closure here and like let it happen because it's not it's not like. Some deal where, like, well, someone else has the movie rights. No, you're Warner Brothers. Yeah. You, you have the do. movie rights. Mm-hmm. But you can do this. And there's no... Com- when it ended, like, there there wasn't a competing Superman thing going no. on. Like, Well, they hoped there would be, but I'm there sure wasn't. Yeah. No, I know. It's just very... It is very confused. I don't really get it. I think it's... I think that's why Marvel... You know, people have complained that we talk too much good about Marvel Studios, but... Marvel Studios from, is doing a great job. From, they, it all seems like the people within Marvel Studios want to make it work. It's like this kind yeah. of team effort of just like, well, I could say that I wanted to put Daredevil in my movie so you don't get to put Daredevil there. Like, But they're not about... It doesn't seem like they're about Yeah, that. the sheer amount of cross-pollination is like, this is very good. Uh-huh. And there's a reason for this. And even the the one the, the little one-shots, the quick things they do with, mm-hmm. with Stark and Ross in the bar and Ben Kingsley, it's like, these are... This is important that and this is happening. And they're committed to building one universe that, yeah. that all feeds off and supports each other. But yeah. DC, I, maybe when they have the Justice League movie and that really comes through, they can even say, like, yeah, Arrow takes place in this universe, too. Or I'm, actually, like I'm actually fine with, like, I, I don't mind. Almost him. everybody in the comments says, like, we should check out Arrow. Yeah, I know. Someone it's, in particular is saying Netflix, he's more interesting in the show than he is in the comics. I yeah, I've just heard it's one of those shows where it's like bad for well not bad but a tough early going. Right, but I, I mentioned that in the that. article too. That like I, Shield takes place in the Marvel universe, and I found it not compelling enough to watch. Yeah. And most people are like, you need to check out the Shield. New, so yeah, twenty fourteen episode. I can at least vouch for that. Like Shield, as we know from the commentary tracks, mm-hmm. was like okay mm-hmm. at best, and then I stopped watching for like seven episodes, and then I started again with the episode I think is called Yes Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that point on, mm-hmm. I think the Lady Sif one is the one before that. And that's a fine episode because it's got the Enchantress's sister. Mm-hmm. Not the Enchantress. That'd be too expensive. Uh, but then after that, it starts tying into Winter Soldier and Bill Paxton's a regular in it and Deathlock's showing up. And it's like, it yeah, gets it that. gets way, way better. It's still not like this floor you amazing show, but it's like this show I will watch. Like, and Pat Oswalt's in it. Too. Yeah, Pat Oswalt's in the show now. Uh, it's like it got way better, no, that's like, awesome. much much better. All right, I'll I'll give it a watch. I uh, yeah. So yeah, Gotham looks okay. Were there any other comments you wanted to well, read? I, from... No, I was just gonna say about about that. Like, I actually don't care if Gotham is its own universe. It's like whatever. Like, yeah. it'd be nice if it was eight years prior to Man of Steel and it was tied into that and whatever. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like, it, whatever. Doesn't it can really be matter. it can be its own thing and then not have to worry about like what if those movies get fucked up, mm-hmm. but the show is doing good and like would you blah, 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 now you're just stuck. 
Chris, did which you is wanna... part of the whole not having a cohesive plan thing. Mm. But whatever, whatever. did you want to read any other comments? No, no. I'm sorry, I already flipped away. Okay. Uh, we should go to we break. Should take so a break. Yeah, no. That's yeah. I was gonna say that. So when we get back from break, Amazing Spider-Man Two spoiler time, plus some other discussions, and the, oh yeah, the superhero spotlight is coming up next. This time for Mystique. Listen for it next. Hey everybody, welcome to the break. This is Henry Gilbert, the host of K Prices again, H E N E R E Y G on Twitter. And I wanted to say thanks for listening as usual. I love all you listeners, all you subscribers. Keep passing it along to your friends, all that stuff. But if you'd like to help out the podcast in ways other than just listening, there's a lot of things you can do. All of them involve going to lasertimepodcast.com. Go to lasertimepodcast.com, the host site for Cape Crisis, and you will see a donate button to PayPal. You can just give a little bit of money our way. It helps things keep going smoothly. Same with if you buy a t-shirt from the t-shirt store, which is right beneath the PayPal button. It's on the left side of the screen. Or on the right side of the screen, there's a bunch of links to Amazon. You can buy something through Amazon. You can buy the thing we're suggesting. Or if you buy anything through that new tab that opened up when you click on it, you will give a little money our way. What did I buy recently? I bought a bunch of dried strawberry snacks to eat at work to, you know, eat a little healthier during the day. But still chew on something. I want to chew on something that's kind of sweet, so dried strawberries. Oh, boy. Also, even bigger than that, though. Jeez, uh, why did I say that after chew on this? Anyway, even bigger than that is the hate pack of <laughs> commentary tracks from Laser Time Group. For as we explained before, uh, you can give a little money to via PayPal to Laser Time, and you will get a commentary track for the 1998 Godzilla, the uh, planet, the for the 1998 Godzilla and X Men Origins Wolverine. Those come together if you pledge any amount of money through PayPal. If you go over five dollars, you get the Planet of the Apes 2001 commentary track to six hours of content for just five bucks that's right and also if you're on itunes be sure to subscribe to this and also review it as well and lastly it's now time for the hank's corner oh wait no the hank's corner pick of the week this week's pick i mentioned a little earlier in the show is andre the giant life and legend is the book by Box Brown, I believe it is. It's just a really cool book. Yeah, Andre the Giant Life and Legend, Box Brown. The first, second books is just a black and white retelling of the life of Andre the Giant. You know I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and this is a, like an independent comic style interpretation of the life of Andre the Giant, one of the most famous, if not the most famous, professional wrestler of all time. Looks like a really great book. I've only read a little bit of it, but I think it's great. You can pick it up on Amazon either through Kindle or through a full book. And you can buy it through our link to Amazon. And a little bit of money will come our way. All right. And now back to the rest of the show, which will end with an Amazing Spider-Man spoiler. So if you keep listening, we don't start with Amazing Spider-Man spoilers. So just a quick warning. You can listen until we get to the middle. All right. Back to the rest of the show. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Cape Crisis, episode 90, second half, and we're going to be doing the Amazing Spider-Man talk later in the segment. The very last thing we do. Yeah, just to give people to a lot of space. Mm-hmm. But uh, but first up, we're going to talk about the superhero spotlight. Collect your hero. <laughs> oh man, that's the first time I've heard that. It's what is that from? The Spinning Star. You, wow! See, you got it. You oh, can't I know, place I, it. I know what it is. Right, what's what company? Where do, is where it? do you remember seeing it? TV at the end of a TV show. Cartoons. Yeah, but what cartoon? One that dozens. Had, one one that had blue. Made a ton of cartoons. Warner Brothers. Not so much in. Not in the eighties. Blue characters. The Smurfs. There you go. But it had to be in other things. It's well, it was Flintstones. Yeah, the Snorks. You there yet, Nelson? I watched all these, but not like H and B. H&B. Yeah, H&B. like everything from fucking Space Ghost to like... Hanna-Barbera! Hanna-Barbera. Uh, no one calls it H&B. Well, I was giving you a hint. Oh. H to the B. Uh, maybe it was at the end of the Godzilla cartoon. Maybe that's it, how I They did that too, yes. They did. They sure did. All right, so yeah, the superhero spotlight. One more time. Let's, I want to hear it again. <laughs> Select your hero. Wow. Well, so we could do, I mean, I thought about it, and we could do a Spider-Man thing because the Spider-Man movie just came out, but... I did, I was more curious about the one you decided on. Yeah, we're going to go with Mystique, partially because I'm seeing a ton of Jennifer Lawrence and ads mm. for for the movies, and so it made me want to talk good. about old Raven Darkholm some more. I don't see her in a lot of... Uh, she just popped up in the current comics, didn't she? She's yeah. been around in all new X Men for the past year. Or so. Yeah, but like she before that, not so much. And uncanny, like she replaced Dazzler. Well, the part I'm reading, she's replaced Dazzler and Shield. And yes, when I reread Days of Future Past recently, she is a stand-in for Magneto as the head of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, yeah. she took it over while Mags was uh, otherwise preoccupied. Yeah, and a sexy secret about that uh, about that team. Her and Destiny were lovers. Wait, that's not the sexy one. Sorry. I don't know who Destiny is. Mm. It was the woman, uh, the older woman with like a blue, light blue cloak who had like a uh, a gold face mask. Oh, and she was yes. an old lady who yes. could predict the future. Yes. She turns on the radio. <laughs> that's a dumb reference. Destiny did turn on the radio, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that her and Mystique were, were lovers and it was like this... Dave, uh, not Dave, Chris Claremont, like, mm-hmm. snuck in this lesbian relationship in the comics. And, and that they, you know, that, that Mystique is like a, she is a woman. Like, she can be whatever she wants mm-hmm. to be, but she was a woman first, so I think that she, she usually defines herself as a lady. Mm-hmm. But, uh, whoa, but yeah, whoa. she first, appe- she is a, a Chris Claremont creation, mm-hmm. along with artist Dave Cockrum. And she first appeared in the Miss Marvel books. Like, she wasn't even a mutant character, really. She was battling Miss Marvel Carol Danvers in those books. And that's why she's also so connected. Mystique is very connected to Rogue in that way because mm-hmm. I believe the sequence of events was Claremont loved Miss Marvel. Like, mm-hmm. Carol Danvers was one of his favorite. Mm. And he created Mystique for her, and then, but he was writing X Men at the same time. Miss Marvel gets canceled. Mm-hmm. And I feel like almost out of a sense of revenge, like Chris Claremont just goes like, "Well, then I'm going to kill Miss Marvel in my book." And he he didn't kill her, but Rogue put her in a catatonic state and took all of her powers mm. under the instruction of Mystique when Rogue was a member of the Brotherhood as well. Right. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's that was the that's always been the connection with her. Uh, Raven Darkholm, like she was she was Rogue's foster mother at one point. Mm-hmm. I do hate that name. 
Yeah, it is kind of cheesy, but it's <laughs> what their name is. Grin Long Snoot or whatever. <laughs> Gareth Morangi's Dark Home. Yes. <laughs> if you call a Raven, that's not so bad. Raven's fine, but that's so Raven. That is so Raven. I want to retire. Yeah, but she she also is the mother of of Nightcrawler too. Like that mm, was that f- that was made... rumored for a long time. But uh, horrible comic book writer Chuck Austin, right? I remember <laughs> made when... it canon in his book. I don't but... know if that's been. Re- Let me double check if that's been reversed. Mm-hmm. But because I swear, when, when was that done? In the mid early two thousands. Yeah, because that's when I started reading again, and then it was like either Nightcrawler or his dad had two wieners. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> what? Yeah, something like that. It was. <sighs> it's, it's in the book, is that? You're not just misinterpreting a sequential part. No, farts. it's something about to somebody. Yeah, no, she, she did it with Azazel. That's the dude who... Uh, the big the, red guy the, in Amazing X-Men? Yep. The people, some people thought, is the devil. And that's he passed that along to her. And yeah, that uh, let's see. Yep, she he is found. She abandoned him, and he is raised by gypsies. A gypsy sorceress named Margalis Vidardos, and he's called Kurt Wagner. Wagner. And then they, she then yeah then she moved to fucking Mississippi and started raising raising rogue. But uh, just in the comics, she's always this interesting like force of chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she kind of just does whatever she feels like most of the time. Yeah, I was reading uh, the beginning of Unkillable, and she showed up just to steal Wolverine's like ancient sword that he had, mm-hmm. and like just to steal it, and apparently just fuck with him. Yeah, which makes him like have to go get it back, mm-hmm. but but he can't heal anymore. So most... oh no, you mean you said Unkillable? It's Killable. His name oh, I do mean Killable. The opposite of what I said. <laughs> the most recent time I remember encountering her was in. Um... All new X Men, where she just shows up to fuck with Cyclops. Yeah, and, and she bought with his like bought Madripoor or something. Well, she like, tried to. Oh, did she successfully buy Madripoor? Because she, yeah, she she talked to the Hydra and was like, right. "Here's a pile of money. Let it just sell us Madripoor. Come on." That was, uh, yeah, the Mystique. She's a she's a really good fighter, but her main thing is just to trick people. Like that's her thing. She's and, a sexy Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, she kind of is. That is a good way to put it. I I really like. So her. for you, that was Daffy. So for you, double boner, like Bugs like, Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like uh, one of my favorite uses of her outside. Like I like Claremont. Claremont wrote her really well. I mean, he created her, so that makes sense. But I also really loved how Jason Aaron used her as like just continually in his Wolverine one mm-hmm. run. Yeah. Like the first book of his, I the first Jason Aaron Wolverine book I read was this one where it was. He was hunting Mystique. Like yeah. Mystique had screwed them in the most recent X Men crossover, and Cyclops told him, "Okay, go kill Mystique. Like I am authorizing this. Murder her." <laughs> and so Wolverine is that the chase, get Mystique thing? Get or? Mystique. Yeah, yeah, he chases her into like uh, Afghanistan, and that she's hiding from him and he's just like I can smell you. You can keep hiding, but eventually I will find you. And there's even this bit where like. Basically, Wolverine works with Osama bin Laden. They don't. <laughs> he works with a terrorist that he fought uh, alongside in the Afghanistan war. Right. Who was a freedom fighter then and is a terrorist now. <laughs> and then he does that because she's hiding out in the green zone or whatever in a bay in a mil, in American military base. So then Wolverine blows himself up in a in a car bomb. So his corpse will be taken inside the base, and then he can hunt her down inside there. And then there was finally this Ooh. part, and then it ends with a really cool fight where Wolverine basically is chasing her through the Pentagon and says, like, you're such a coward. Like, you're always running. 
I'll kill you eventually, and you're just gonna die tired and scared. You're you you aren't the Mystique I remember. Mm. And then Mystique finally just goes to this abandoned town, and she's like, "Yeah, f this," and she gets. She, like, basically gets naked and then puts a bunch of guns, like, grabs a bunch of guns. She's like, I am going to fight you, Wolverine. I'm going to fight you right here. And they had, like, this really awesome fight to the death, which, you know, she lost. And the, <laughs> But then the hand got her and rebirthed her pretty much right afterwards. Mm. And none of that matters because Brian Bendis doesn't recognize it and she's just back to normal when Bendis fights her. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does what he likes. Is mm-hmm. that the superhero spotlight? Uh, well, yeah, just that. And now in the film, she was first played by uh, Rebecca Romaine. Ro- Romaine. I always want to say Stamos, but that's yeah, not how Rebecca, it is. Uh, Rebecca O'Connell? Uh, spinach. She's still still looking pretty sexy yeah. these days. She I'd is say. a very good looking name. Yes, she always has been. Mm-hmm. And I loved uh, one of my favorite. So in the uh, in the in the movie verse, uh-huh. she lost her powers, right? Yes. yes, she got shot by the magic gun. Mm-hmm. In the in X Men Last Stand, she got the okay. cure. Unforcefully, formerly known as uh, the worst X Men movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and she was left like naked. I remember, and right? Was and scene. Magneto's like, "You used to be beautiful." And then and she had like, yeah, "She used to be beautiful." And then she had like black hair too, just to make it like. So they didn't make it just. Oh, this is Rebecca Romaine. They're like, "No, she has black hair. It's it's Raven mm. Darko. I mean, she would look if she wasn't blue." <laughs> but uh, so she has red hair in the movies. Yeah. And then, well, character right and then she was in, and she was, and then Jennifer Lawrence played her in First Class, mm-hmm. and then she, got really famous, and, and got somehow really famous got her back to play again. And Halle Berry the shit all over again. They signed her to a three film deal, so she's got to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she could have gotten out. There's, well, she they, has to be, and I don't know she why. Didn't get out of it, but they did delay filming yeah. to for accommodate this, her for, to accommodate mm-hmm. her. Yeah, and you know what I thought was awkward in the X Men First Class is that. When Xavier first finds her, like she's ten, or like she's a little kid, and she's naked as Mystique, like she's blue. Yeah, it was just very weird, especially because later in the film, when she accepts her mutantness and mm-hmm. she just is walking around naked, like Xavier is treating him like, put on some clothes, please. <laughs> this is very weird for me. Like, I don't know. It's st- it a strange scene. I'm still a man, Mystique. <laughs> But yeah, I think Jennifer Lawrence is really good as her. Yeah, I, I, I I'm looking forward to her really taking the spotlight in this one. Yeah, because there I did. I she do was really a little like too her, meek. Her, I mean, it was her character. She was, was growing meek, but she was also one. like disturbing and weird mm-hmm. in First Class. I yeah. did. I, I don't know. I really did like that about the character. I need to watch that one again because I was pretty underwhelmed. <laughs> did you? Do you have it? No. No. I just let Chuckles borrow it. I would like to watch that again too, mm-hmm. and not do a commentary. People, I'm not. I, so that's the end of Superhero Spotlight for Mystique. Play it backwards. Play it in reverse. <laughs> Couldn't. All right. Is it Podcast Station? No. Uh, I wish. Uh, All right. Yeah. Now let's do another thing before we talk about Amazing Spider-Man 2, which mm-hmm. is last week's question of the week. Yes. Going to get the community segment over with so everybody can hang until the spoilers start flying. Sure. Yes. All right. So last week's question was... Uh, what's the most random DC film you want to see made? Because, as we mentioned last week, they uh, part of their plans of making a Justice League film, they also said, we could make a Shazam film or a Metal Men film. And so, ask people to come up with other weird things. And uh, the first responder, as I always like to read at the start, 
is Midna Majora. They got in early this time. Mm-hmm. Young Justice, a favorite of mine. Yeah. Specifically the Peter David comic book, not the cartoon. Though the cartoon's good, I, I'm going to say. I want to see a movie set in the established DC universe that focuses on the teen heroes. And not Teen Titans, especially if Cyborg is already in Justice League. And then It is true, because I think we touched on this last time, but with my, my suggestion being Elseworlds stuff, where it's like, DC does have the benefit of like... Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman do not need an explanation. Yeah, you can make any movie, and this one they're all teenagers, and it's Young Justice, and it's like, okay, you don't really have to convince literally anyone in the in in your movie going audience. Like, wait, how did Superman become super? Shut up! Yeah, not one person is asking that question. Just they just want Superman there. Let's just see Superman. Triscuitable says Booster Gold. Definitely, that's a good one to get, but uh, no, no real explanation needed. He says, "Just uh, Aaron Baba said it's time for Batman to meet Bork." Bork. <laughs> well, when Bork conquered Earth, I honestly don't know who Bork is. <laughs> It'll translate onto the screen flawlessly. <laughs> Ooh, and has a nice picture of me with a Brazzers logo on it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Cooper says, "Detective Chimp." Or failing that, <laughs> Zatanna. Come on, you got a chimp, don't you? Oh, I do. I think Zatanna would be great. Yeah. And uh, but who would you cast as Zatanna? I don't know. Zoe Deschanel, Queen Latifah. Oh yeah, no, totally Zoe Deschanel. That's perfect. So she can really? like, wiggle. You at don't even want to talk about Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> she well, she uh, should be uh, what's her name? Uh, Amanda Waller from Batman Suicide oh. Squad. Wait, the the. Commissioner, or whatever. Oh yeah. No, she's in the cartoons. <laughs> Amanda Waller. Okay, that's what I. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Playface. You know, she could yeah, be Amanda face. Waller. Okay, Airbot Master. She's the Riddler now. Okay. Airbot Master said, "Katamandi, the last boy alive." It is so great. <laughs> it is a total Planet of the Apes ripoff. It was actually meant to be a Planet of the Apes comic oh, by no, Jack I to, Kirby. Oh, I need to read it. Look at that cover. Oh shit! Jack Kirby was. They hired. blew it up. How do you do Jet. that? Jack Kirby was hired to do a Planet of the Apes comic, and then DC lost the rights to do Planet of the Apes. So they're like, fine. just have it. It's just the last boy alive on a planet of animal men who aren't apes. <laughs> like a seal man and a tiger man. Uh, Super Giraffe says Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Not a bad one. Mm-hmm. Teen Titans Go! The Movie says Darth Ender X. And uh, A Busful of Nuns says Etrigan the Demon. I like that one. I like Etrigan. Be gone. No, no. Gone, gone. Form a man. Beware the demon Etrigan. That's his his, uh, poem, he says, to transform. And two more here. I'm going to say, poor poop ghost (laughs) says, goddamn Batwoman because she is awesome, has great style, kicks ass, and is canonically lesbian. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah! At the at Free Comic Day, apparently the artist for Batwoman, the newest one, oh, yeah, was there, was there signing oh, things. That's really? really cool! Wow! Yeah, the art was really good, but I did not like the first two issues of Batwoman. Is it's it canceled been, by now? No, it's it's been taken over by. It is. It has been now. <laughs> it was taken over by Mark Andreco, who's an artist, a writer I really like. Wasn't it Gail Simone? <laughs> Gail Simone writes Batgirl. Oh, it was Johnny J H okay. Williams the third. Was writing it, and then uh, what? Then uh, Mark Andreco took over. What, Chris? Uh, just, Joe said, "I want to see a horror movie about some dumbass kids incurring the wrath of gentlemen ghosts." Oh, that'd be great. That would be great. Uh, and then, lastly, Christian Fatcock. Or no, wait. 
Sorry. Christ's fat cock. Oh, okay. <laughs> Says, uh, Garth Ennis's Hitman series would be perfect. Mm. A hired killer who only takes on supernatural cases after gaining powers of his own. And it takes place in Gotham so Batman and the rest of the superheroes can drop in. That that would be really good, and it, it, could, it would be a fun R-rated romp. Actually, it could be easily a PG-13 hyper-violent romp. I I would love that. Yeah, I, just, I don't ever think about gentleman ghosts, but it's like he could pop up in the Venture Brothers tomorrow. He has a ghost monocle. <laughs> he does. All right, gentleman ghosts. So now it's that time again, guys. Question of the week. Amazing Spider-Man. Too. How about that be the question of the week? Yeah, you it was. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the suggestion. Oh, I had sorry. it planned already. My mistake. But yeah, okay. Amazing Spider-Man 2, spoiler talk I'm terrified now. of sitting through the spoilers. Look, you don't have to, but Brett's right. Like, Brett hasn't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. Only I saw it on this Sunday, Saturday, right before we went and saw two Miyazaki films. But uh, I'll just, at the start, I will say Amazing Spider-Man 2 was not a bad movie. Like, it wasn't bad. That's it. What it was was disappointing when you know it could be so much better, mm-hmm. and it was also disappointing because, like, I would say fifteen to twenty percent of the film has really cool moments that I'm like, this is great, and it only made the shitty eye rolling parts even more annoying. Who was the most eye rolling villain? Well, I mean, Paul Giamatti was barely in it enough to even mm-hmm. make you roll your is he eyes. He's like in the very beginning, like just he's a- in the very beginning and the very end. Mm-hmm. That's where he's in. And, but I mean, Electro just kind of sucks. All his, first off, the character of Max Dillon become, before he becomes Electro, like is 100% a ripoff of Riddler from Batman Forever. Like it is just the Riddler from Batman Forever. He is a super nerd genius who worships a superhero and then comes to hate that superhero once he becomes a villain. Mm. And... Because he feels slighted by them and like, oh, I'll yep. make him understand. Now he'll notice me. And then also his electric powers are sound. They are the sound of dubstep. His, <laughs> his powers go like, there is a really lame part where his him knocking Spider-Man into a bunch of different transistors mm-hmm. or no, like makes the sound of the itsy bitsy spider. Like, that's really bad. The itsy bitsy spider. Yep. And then Spider-Man says, I hate that song. Oh. For some reason, Spider-Man bumping into the things when they're electrified go ba bum ba bum ba bum bum. <laughs> yep. And also, they really overdo. I would get. I would be cool with one use of the Spider-Man. I feel like you get one use of the Spider-Man theme song yeah. per movie, and they did three goddamn times. Really? You had Ramones in there? They did two in a row. They did his cell phone rings. In the opening scene, uh. and it's da 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 da, mm-hmm. which you know, in the canon of the movie, there's a Spider-Man song that's his <laughs> song. But that was in the the it was in the Raimi ones as well. Yeah, but it's like sure you get you can do that once, fine. Mm-hmm. And then almost directly after that, in the scene that's in the trailer, where he de where he get he pantses. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. Ah, fucking goddamn it! Scene, instead of saying funny jokes, he just whistles the Spider-Man theme song as it happens. So he do it, does it again within five minutes of the first time he did it, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of the film, his cell phone rings a fucking again with that song, and I'm like, I guess it's a cell phone ring, fine, but also like Electro should just been the main villain, but they were afraid to make him the main villain, and so even though the real final cool fight in the movie is against Electro. Mm-hmm. 
immediately afterwards, Green Goblin shows up. He's like, nope, I'm the last villain of this movie. I'm the dramatic finale. Yes, I am the Dennis Hopper underground fight in speed. Yeah, exactly. The movie has had a satisfying conclusion, but we shall do this again. <laughs> yes. And also, there's just a really, a really lame thing with uh, Dennis Leary. So Dennis Leary... That was Ghost. First off... Spider-Man remembers stuff way too much in this movie. They don't count on you to have remembered the first film at all. So he, he like he flashes back to Dennis Leary's death scene where he says, hey, you got to watch out for Gwen. Don't date her. Stay away because it'll put her in danger. Gosh, I hope it's this exact same shot. Then he, it, it, No, it, it's the clip from the film. And which, which he disobeys. And then, and then He disobeys. They're dating at the start of the movie. And then once he remembers that scene, then he breaks up with her. <laughs> he's like, no, I shouldn't be so close. You're like, you've been dating her for two years, buddy. Like, now you're doing it. Now you listen to him. But as he remembers these things, four different times in the movie, <laughs> there are scenes where he sees Dennis Leary's ghost looking disapprovingly at him. Oh, really? With, wow. Like, oh, how, like, the just this guilty stare. And then he goes, like, he shakes his head. And then, oh, it's just normal guy. Like, it is... Such a get, cliche. Please tell me he gets the Anakin moment at the end. Denied. Yeah. Uh, no, because <laughs> at the end of the movie comes the most predictable thing ever. Because Gwen Stacy has quite a legacy to her, which is death. Gwen Stacy is has been dead longer than she was alive in comics. By about she's been dead for thirty <laughs> years and was alive for ten. Like. When you cast Gwen Stacy in a film, mm-hmm. and especially when in trailers you show her falling, and she is wearing the costume that yeah. she dies in, or the, yeah. or not the costume, the, the outfit. outfit that she dies in, how yeah. can you not see it coming mm-hmm. when you go into the theater? And then to make it even more obvious, and I, this was another, like, it was a double eye roll. At the very start of the movie, she's giving the graduation speech because she is the valedictorian. And while that doesn't really fit that Gwen is smarter than Peter, like like the smartest person in her class, mm-hmm. that's a neat thing to give Gwen to do. It makes her more interesting as a character. Well, it makes more sense that she would have more time to apply herself since he's busy being yeah. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then also she knows more about science than him and can help him with science stuff in fights. Like, that gives her that's interesting fine. stuff to do. Like, for movies, it's fine. Whatever. But her graduation speech is just like... You know, none of us are immortal. We'll all be gone someday, but you have to give yourself... And I was like... He's the was, ultimate warrior. It was basically her saying, like, I'll be, de- I'll be dead soon. <laughs> and so let's think about what being dead means. And I thought, okay, this will... They're just putting this here because when you watch it a second time, you're like, wow, she. it's almost like she knew she was going to die. But nope. At the end of the movie, Spider-Man listens to it again. He listens to her speech and he's like... Oh yeah, that's right. I sh- like he's all mopey that she's dead, and then when he hears her speech, he's like, "No, I can't be sad. I gotta be Spider-Man." And then if you thought Spider-Man would, there would be a, when Spider-Man is, has disappeared for a few months after the death of Gwen Stacy, if you didn't think a little boy dressed as Spider-Man would try to fight the Rhino, yeah. and then Spider-Man would come and save the day and tell him, "Hey, I'm here now, and I have I'm inspired again." You would be wrong because that's exactly what happened. But you were saying like one, another one of the reasons I didn't want to see it is like I felt like the trailers literally showed me everything. Mm-hmm. The literally the last second of the film is in the trailer. Yeah, the really? last yes. Because when you when you mentioned like you said like oh all the good scenes were in the every movie. fight scene is she shown in the trailers. Like, and I was like and when a you lot of trailers. and when you said yeah. that I was like 
Wow, I wonder if the literal last scene is him spinning at the rhino with the manhole cover. Yep. And then when you said that, I'm like, holy fuck, it is. It is the end. Like, the rhino it's, shows it, up. And it is a great, great shot. It is great. But, but when yeah. you see it in a trailer, that was my thought. When I saw it in the trailer, I was like, well, they wouldn't show you the end of the fight. So if this is the middle of the fight, yeah. then this will be a really cool fight. And yeah. no, it is the absolute end. Like, and, and that's just shitty promotion on their part of just like... Well, that shows, the they, had no, like, that shows they didn't have confidence in this film because yeah. they were like, yeah, we have to show you the coolest parts. And mm. again, though, I will I will completely grant that him and the costume looks great. Costume looks great. Him as Spider-Man looked great. That rhino fight looked super cool. Yeah. But the movie it's attached to, I could not have less interest in. He acts like Spider-Man when he's in his Spider-Man gear. And also he, aside from one scene where it's just to make out with Gwen... He never takes his mask off. There isn't even an excuse to take his mask off in the fight. Like, that's really cool. Like, for once, Spider-Man kept his goddamn mask on. And I think it was because they made a mask that's kind of evocative. Like, it doesn't... It can react and stuff. Or if he shakes his head, like, yeah, yeah. But it was just... That I really liked. And Spider-Man in motion looked really cool. Yeah. Like... I just don't want to pay $12 and sit for two and a half to three hours, including previews, to watch a movie. I don't, like, mm-hmm. to know just from the trailers and the reviews and the reaction of people who saw it in Europe is like, wow, you really, I've seen the movie. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen everything I wanted to see. I Like, the trailer showed me the cool Spider-Man moments, and all I'm missing is the great acting? Mm-hmm. Like, well, the great seen, camaraderie between those two? You've like, seen 60% of the Spider-Man moments. Okay. You, you just haven't seen the end of those scenes. Right. So you haven't seen, seen Andrew Garfield out of costume as much as the movie shows. Which is the middle of the movie. Like, the right. middle 45 minutes is pretty much he's not Spider-Man for a long time. For no plot reason, they, he's just not Spider-Man. Like, How's Sally Field looking? Uh, she seems okay. She was good. But she just had very lame lines about your father did this and your father did that. And he gets the answer to what his father is and it's a lame answer. And so also, Campbell, Sp- Campbell Scott shows up again? And that also, is he a scientist and he made the Venom suit? He, he was a scientist and he made Spider-Man. He made a radioactive spiders that would make people a Spider-Man. And he has a Ninja Turtle lair. But the, uh, yes, he does. <laughs> he has exactly the Ninja Turtles lair. <laughs> And uh, in an abandoned subway, subway station. Yep, for real. Man. Somehow he built that. Somehow, somehow he built that with no help from the Oscorp because Oscorp would have found it if they had built it for him. So somehow only he had that. <laughs> and 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 he also has a very helpful exposition video that Peter could watch one day and get all the answers. <laughs> and he reveals that the that the spiders, the spiders he invented. That were supposed to like because spiders can repair wounds and stuff, and mm-hmm. it was made to save Norman Osborn and from his degenerative disease. And but the spiders he made were encoded with Parker DNA. It would only work on a Parker. So boom, that's why that's why those spiders didn't kill Spider Man or Peter when he bit him, and did kill everybody else, or would have killed anybody else. Which I mean, this is i can't remember if this is like that's not exactly what the ultimate line did but that's more a close it is well this is uh this is in, more in line with the ultimate universe right. than with, with but Super. i don't like anything that makes peter fated yeah but in a, like ultimate it's fine because like that's the point of this alternate timeline is to be different but for the movies it's like no that that what i didn't like is that they make it look like it was peter parker's destiny to be spider-man yeah like it was written in stone, like he's Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, and that definitely was not in the Ultimate. 
Oh, yeah. And also, Electro does get his powers from being bitten by electric eels. By, <laughs> by super radioactive electric eels. I can see it happen. Harry Osborn is the best part of that movie until mm. the very end. When he gets his powers and transforms in a very stupid way and has a dumb face. Which is another like half ultimate, half regular universe. Mm. Like He's well. sort of a true goblin, but he's still on a glider, but he's still... And also, like, Norman dies like immediately. Like He's dead. Is that Chris like, Cooper? Yep. For one scene. So he's got to come back as, like, uh, Goblin 2. I guess, yeah. But, well, so then that was one of the most half-assed part. Like, the setup for Sinister Six was one of the most half-assed parts of it. Mm-hmm. Because he... Harry's beaten. and But in the fight, Gwen dies. Partially his fault. Like it's mainly It's mainly Harry's fault. And Gwen dies in the same way she dies in the comics. Like, they had at least the guts or whatever to make it she falls she would have gone splat if she'd hit the ground spider-man webs her instead and that snaps her neck and that kills her instantly oh, and that's that's how it happens and it's actually a very like ugh, like jarring moment of just like snap convulsed dead and and by the way i saw the movie in in a mostly in a full-ish theater and then after the movie like six different this this group of six like teenage nerdy girls we're leaving, and they were just like, "Oh, so what about Mary Jane?" Like, yeah, Mary Jane's better for this reason. This way. Like, man, I feel like I would have never in my youth I would not have seen this many nerdy girls leaving a theater talking about Spider Man. Like, mm. I'm just more amazed that uh, the reaction to this movie was, "I don't care about that character." <laughs> <laughs> well, so then, but so the setup for the Sinister Six I thought kind of sucked too, and it just felt is very. Gonna, which the is the credits. scene from the trailer? It, that Look is it. again, yeah. That walk, that was another thing I fucking hated. That in the trailers, they show that the guy in the hat, who is a stupid MacGuffin, who, like, they're just the uncastable, like, we can't cast anybody yet to be Doc Ock or whoever. So well, apparently, he's, 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 a, he's a character. He's a character named Fierce. That's They call him Mr. Fierce or something. Well, it's or like the, the gentleman or something like that. Yeah. Gentleman Ghost? No. But I don't. I can't. There's, place like a, it. there's like a Spider Man character named the Gentleman, and that's right. his bit, is he assembles stuff. But his thing is, but yeah, the scene that's in the trailer where he's walking by right. the Doc Ock arms and Vulture suit, that's just fucking. That's in the last minute. Like. Wow. And and also, so Harry gets beaten, which really reeks of like this was shot after the movie was done. Yeah, and oh, totally. We, and we didn't know we were going to do a Sinister well, Six. Movie. Even more so, it feels that with Harry because Harry gets beaten, <laughs> but they they make it pretty clear when he takes the what the is they'll just call it the Ven- the the Goblin formula. Mm-hmm. When he takes what is the Goblin formula, it transforms his face. Right. His he looks different. He loses most of his hair. He has a weird grin with yellow teeth. When he shows up, when when he's in Ravencroft, their Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. he's back to normal. He's just normal. And the guy says, oh, you're looking good. And he says, it comes and goes. And it just thought, it seemed to me it was just the actor who plays Harry didn't want to. It put in makeup. But he seemed like, again, in the trailers, he seemed like, he mentioned this already, he seemed like a good Harry Osborn. Yeah, but. he was good. He's uh, a kid from Chronicle, right? And then it just yeah, yeah. And then it just turns into this thing where he goes like, "Oh, I want to get revenge on Spider-Man and open up special projects." That's what, and special projects is where they keep <laughs> the <laughs> things that make people into super. Where they keep Lucius Fox, and then yeah, exactly. And then that's and then they say, "Well, who's the first one we're going to do? Let's do the Rhino." 
They give the rhino, rhino suit to Alexi, and then it's a guy in a giant robot suit, and it seems like they didn't really figure out how that fight could go, so it just stops. Like, yeah. as the fight is about to begin, it just ends. It ends, I'm guessing, with the manhole cover literally blacking out the screen. Blacking out the screen, cut <laughs> credits. What's the, there's an X-Men uh, yeah. in the middle of the movie. As, as Brett... Brett put it so well that like the the teaser in this film is so fucking fitting for the, even the reason Spider-Man exists because that is in there obligated. is a contractually obligated teaser. It is not meant to build up the Spider-Man yeah, universe. It's there because someone signed a piece of paper somewhere in, in the past. <laughs> it specifically it was that Mark Webb was supposed to do a film for Fox next, not a Spider-Man film. Sony wanted him to make Amazing Spider-Man two instead. Part of the deal with Fox was then that Fox would get a free ad for their X-Men movie mm-hmm. put onto the end of Spider-Man. And so just very abruptly, for no reason, and not explained at all, <laughs> just the X-Men logo, the one that's in like the door that opens to Cerebro, yeah. pops up. And then it's just a scene from the X-Men uh, Days of Future Past where Mystique is freeing some mutants who are being kept in like an army base. Which they released online within 24 hours of yeah. the movie's release. Yeah. And it was just so fucking stupid. There's no like, other post-credit sequence? Nope. I say the whole way. Wow. There, there is... Technically, there's one that you can get on your phone, which is a viral one that will show you CG flashes of the different Sinister Six members' gear. And that is it. Mm-hmm. That's so is that up to six? Do they get a total of six uh, yet? Vulture, Goblin, uh, Craven, and... Ock. Uh, Ock. Rhino. Rhino. Chameleon. Hmm. Or Mysterio. No Mysterio? They have a face mask, which... They, they zoom in on an eye, which looks like a face mask, which makes me think Chameleon. But Mysterio would fit, too. But one or the other, but it just... So, yeah. I was watching some interview where they're like, oh, the Sinister Six. Well, you know, we, we thought about the makeup of the team and what would make sense, you know, for the story, for the direction we want to go. And no, you like, didn't. No, you, no, you, <laughs> no, you no. didn't. No. But you're in an interview, so you got to say that. So, no, an executive so, said, which one's going to look less silly on screen? Yeah. So, it's like, sure, fine, whatever. I'll bite. Mm-hmm. I'll bite. But then it's like, you got to have these staple characters, like, you know, Doc Ock is a staple. It's like, correct, he is. And he's like, and the Goblin. And I'm like... Goblin is not a staple character of the Sinister Six. No. Like, in the Ultimate he, Universe, he's too he's... good for the Sinister Six. Right. Like, in the Ultimate Universe, he is, but, like, that's the Ultimate Six. It's not the Sinister Six. Mm. And the Sinister yeah. Six is, like, started by Doc Ock, and Doc Ock and Norman mm. never get along. So it's mm. like, I mean, literally the entire time I ever read anything with Sinister Six in it, Green Goblin was not a part of it. No. Mm. He was part of the Sinister 12 when that happened in the Marvel Knights book. <laughs> but he's a solo villain. Yeah, like, he doesn't... He's good enough to be on his own. Yeah. Like... So it's just like, well, I, 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 get, I get that you want to use Goblin because you've already cast him and it saves a slot, but... Yeah, well, and he, in the universe, he is clearly leading the Sinister that's, Six. The that's... Sinister Six exists because he wants them Right, to be. and it's fine. Like, it doesn't and matter. Also, I just he's... don't like a director saying, like, and he's a core part of the Sinister Six. No, he's, like, I... also, it's he a does... revolving door, I agree, but, like, if you're talking yeah. about the core, like, the cl- like it's not. Well, they know. don't really care. Like, and I I, and you know thing. what? I don't either. I shouldn't even be yeah, arguing. That, I, I do think Carrie Osborne, again, was the best, well, like, the best actor in the movie, I'd say, and so... If he's the core of the film, then that's good. Yeah. Like, that's better. And oh. the Sinister Six and Venom movie are not the same teams, right? It's not the same director. It's no, not the same. Separate. So and I feel like Venom will come after Amazing 3. There was no setup for Venom. Right. I wouldn't expect so. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I so I have some hope that those movies will be... 
Even though they're like it's about the redemption of the villains or whatever. Yeah, I so guess. that makes me think six has to be after the third Spider-Man movie. I don't. I think their plan is twenty sixteen Sinister yeah, Six, twenty seventeen Amazing Three. Because how can you have a redemption story by villains who haven't done anything yet? I don't know. <laughs> I and don't and, and know. Are they going to have it without Spider-Man? I don't know. I think Andrew Garfield's only signed up for three movies, and he's been pretty clear about he only wants to do three. It was. I saw him on SNL on Hulu this uh-huh. week, and it was awesome to see him come out as British. I always forget no, that. Well, that was, boy, <laughs> there was a thing before The Amazing Spider-Man, which, again, I was just <laughs> like, this is gross. I can't believe you're making him do this. At the very start of the film is a, is a just uh, clearly from a press tour, uh, Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield sitting next to each other. And they're like, we're so happy that you're seeing Amazing Spider-Man, especially in this theater. Jesus. And do you know if you upgrade your in tickets... In Black. <laughs> in Berkeley, <laughs> California. And they say, and you know if you upgrade your ticket, you get, a, you get a digital access to the first Amazing Spider-Man film and first access to Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, like, Emma Stone was being sort of game about it, mm-hmm. and Andrew Garfield was hating. Like, he looked like... The words were like being forced out of his mouth. There was like a gun off screen. Like I've got to say this. Thank you so much for seeing this. Or but that's still exactly. such an awkward thing to do. Like when you're sending people into a movie about swooping spiders. Here's us out of character, yeah, everybody. Enjoy exactly. the movie. I know you were about to suspend your disbelief for this whole movie, but here's the actors Dude, first to seri- beg you for money. That's- like. Of, of all the crash things done with the marketing, that's that's my least favorite so far. That's pretty bad. I'd never seen anything like that before. Seriously. That's, it's not a play. The actors don't come out and introduce you. We're about to do I a feel... right Spider-Man for you. <laughs> yeah. It, but okay, uh... look. But yeah. Uh, also, Aunt May did a very annoying thing, which I hated in the in Raimi Spider-Man 2. Not get naked? <laughs> but also, have have like two different, two or three different lines where she basically says... Hey, you're Spider-Man. You should be Spider-Man again. She goes like, boy, everybody sure seems to be missing that spider guy or whatever. I wonder if he'll ever come back. <sighs> Same with like, you know, it's tough to keep secrets, isn't it, Peter? Look, glare. <laughs> like, all right, I get it. You know, he's Spider-Man. All right, fine. Also, Harry Osborn has a magic butler, not unlike the magic butler he had in the game. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're setting him up to be the explanation butler later on. And they introduce a person. God, that explanation butler. Uh, and they introduce somebody. Sir, yeah. your, your own hubris will be your undo. What the fuck does he say? I cleaned your father's wounds. They were from his glider. He did it. Yeah. And it's like, the who worst. are you? The worst. <laughs> so fucking bad. Uh, and one last thing that uh, the black cat is introduced in it, or Felicia is mm. like that. They uh, does he say Felicia or Felicity? Felicia, because this other interview with Mark Webb, I swear he keeps calling her Felicity. He one hundred, I know it was Felicia because okay. he says Felicia to her, which is correct. Then, it was just weird that the director and kept everybody saying in Felicity. the audience went like. Ooh. Yeah, or like the guys behind me. Oh, and then the interview was like, "Oh, we saw you. You know, you t- add, had that in there. Is this a sign of like you know anything to come?" And he's like, "We haven't decided." Yeah, or like we, you know, there's no plans for this character, but it's all just like false starts or like we want to we want to see like you know what the reaction is and where you know maybe it's the, just insurance policies. Which I, I get, even if there is a plan, you wouldn't yeah. say, "Yeah, we're going to make a spin." Like you wouldn't lead. With I'm that. here to announce a black cat yeah, film. You wouldn't That'd do that. Best. You wouldn't do that either. But it's still like. If you knew you could be a little coy, 
Because, yeah. again, not to constantly blow Marvel Studios, but they do that kind of stuff. When they're in an interview, you'll see little teases. The fact that we've seen that two seconds of Ant-Man footage before we've even seen Paul Rudd in a suit or... Yeah. Like, and that was shown in the credits for a TV special. Like, blah, 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 blah. It's all right. planning. Planning. Um, that's, that's all it is. It's Amazing planning. Spider-Man 2 is better than Amazing Spider-Man. By leaps and... Well, not leaps and bounds, but definitely by one bound and at least two leaps. It is better. They improved on a lot of ways, and it makes me think, maybe, just maybe, Amazing Spider-Man 3 could be good. Like, real, really good. I yeah. hope they keep that costume. They better not change the that costume because that's the best fucking part of that movie. Yeah, I love the costume. It, it looks so good. I'd be contrarian and say I'm not a fan. <sighs> not All a right. fan. Fine. Also, Stanley has a really dumb cameo. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> in the comments, not comments, Shit. no. Speaking of Stan Lee. Speaking right. of Stan Lee. Yes. Oh, <laughs> really quick. This this no, will this will only take one minute. Okay, but in the let me say real quick that in the yeah. forums, the question of the week is: What were your feelings on Spider Man? To discuss them in there. And there are already we, people in there talking about it. But if you could yeah. just please chime in with your thoughts, so it's easiest easier for us to find. Yeah, and then we'll read but, it next time. And maybe oof. by next week, one Christopher Antista will have seen the film. <laughs> so last week when we left, or I got a cab and I left. Yes. And halfway on the cab ride home, and it's not a long cab ride, halfway home... I was a little drunk. I listened to this like four times. Halfway home, my cab driver just starts talking at me and relentlessly. And, okay. and, and he, you texted me and said, I think my, Stan, my cab driver is Stan Lee. Yeah. And then miraculously, like 20 minutes later, you sent me this. I recorded. I just put, I put <laughs> the phone down. It's completely pitch black. You can't see anything because it's nighttime in a cab. But this guy just kept going on and on, and I'm like, this guy sounds exactly like Stan Lee, and started talking to me about advertising and car... Per- like, oh, so let's just... Here we go. Your marketing is you find out who you want to... Figure out who it is you want to sell your product to, mm-hmm. and then hone in on that demographic, right? <laughs> okay. Now, think of this. Cars, automobiles, one of the most competitive markets there is. Not only is there tons of different kinds of cars... Right. But they're very expensive. <laughs> oh. And then I stopped. But, uh, oh, my That's favorite your is demographic. Like, uh huh. Your marketing uh-huh. is you. Yeah, I, I interject every so often. Figure out who it is you want to sell your product to, mm-hmm. and then hone <laughs> in on that demographic. Demographic. Oh, that is great. Demographic coming. I, this I was, you had a Stanley cameo. I in was your life. giggling the entire ride, and I'm like, how can I? No one yeah. will believe me. <laughs> Made me so very happy that you had the balls to do that. Uh, that I, awesome. He's not on camera. It's just completely black screen. Who knows? Maybe that was just you making up a voice. Like, that yeah, was, it, like you're good. Don't don't uh, don't sue us. Hey, but yeah, if I may plug. <sighs> All right, it is that time. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of stuff to plug. We have the hate commentary packs on right going on right now. Uh, you can find this at leadsdimepodcast.com or you can donate via PayPal. You donate anything you want. You can get the Godzilla commentaries, uh, the Godzilla 1998 commentary, um, and you can get the Wolverine X-Men, X-Men o- Origins, X-Men Origins Wolverine. movie film for theaters. That's awful. Uh, <laughs> and it's Brett, Henry, and I doing commentary on that. If you pay over a $5 minimum... And Dave Rudden, he was on Godzilla He did. Well. He did appear on Godzilla. Um, you will get the incredibly awful Planet of the Apes 2001 Tim Burton version where we do a commentary on it. For fi- only $5 That's or more, right, I can get Planet of the Apes along with a, a Godzilla 98 and it's X-Men Origins Wolverine? It is six, pay what you want. Six pay. hours of content for $5. That's right. That's right. Two commentaries for one cent, if you wish. And two assholes actually did that, meaning that with the PayPal split, we got nothing. Yeah, Thanks, great. jerks. Uh, but, 
Uh, that and Laser Time this week, we have a, a I don't know, it's a, re- it's a weird episode. I did like it, though. Why would you even go to the trouble of going to the, like... Yeah, yeah. We all lost <laughs> in that deal, and it was like you just did it at a principal because... You're mad at Man. Him. We kind of need your support. You know, Chris. You know, Chris has no job, right? <laughs> and, like, well, and it's not just me. Uh, and right. also, I was on Video Game Apocalypse this weekend, and I was looking. I keep really wanting to buy the Spider-Man Two game, the Amazing Spider-Man uh, Two game, just to stream it. Uh, just wait three weeks; it'll be like thirty. <laughs> I, I know, and it's already discounted everywhere, but digitally is where, which is where I would buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what? Because you have no time to go to a store. What, what I ended it? up looking at, I'm like, wait a minute. Both the movie and the game reviewed poorly. Mm-hmm. According to Metacritic, which one reviewed worse? And it ah. turned out by a one point, yeah. the PS3 version uh, outscored the movie, <laughs> the movie at like 56 out of 100. Having and, played two hours of the game, mm-hmm. I would score the film better. It's Michael. Uh, so I brought this up to Michael, Video Game Apocalypse. And yes, movies are scored a little differently on Metacritic, but we wanted to find the biggest disparity in superhero game and superhero movie. Ah. One that's based on it. And it's kind of surprising. The Spider-Man games, even though they're not great... Well, some of the, the first ones were pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they reviewed much better than the movies. And you'll be, you may be surprised what's number one. You'll definitely be surprised what the middle ones are. I'm looking forward to this. Yes. Did you know that... Well, I have been trying on my Twitter. I've tried three times now to get at Dan Slott mm. to retweet my post on the best Spider-Man games, which I did for Games Radar, which... Is number fucking one on Google. You search best Spider-Man games. My story's first. I'll see you about that. And I'm trying to send that to Dan Slot. Like, hey, can I get a retweet, Dan Slot? It's number one on Google. Nothing. He replies to trolls all the time. Who, <laughs> like, he retweets them when they're like, "Hey, fuck you. You're the worst writer in the world." And yeah. then he replies by like, well, he "Hey, thanks need, a lot, buddy." He doesn't like, need people to pat him on the back. He needs people to do, to was. yell at other uh, trolls for him. He should not be. Uh, you should not be calling out the trolls. You should be calling out good people like me who like him and want to spread. And, wa- and want to profit from this benefit. Hey, look. I'm already... It's already number one on Google. Can't be more number one. I'm, I'm num- just saying. I'm number one for a, what if a nuke went off on Superman's ass. <laughs> you you can take that to the back. Gaming's most important 40 butts. All right. But you did, did your research hold out? Did yeah, it, yeah. It, yep, yeah. Number one. Absolutely. Number one. All right, VGEmpire.com, video game music podcast. Most recent one was X-Men games. Should have a cheap podcast up this week. I'm writing a lot more for Extreme later time. Rules. We also wrote up a, a list of not only this week's Amazon releases, but a uh, every single game pre-order coming at you in 2014. You can find listed out there, <laughs> and we encourage you to pre-order your games through Laser Time. You're playing a long game on that one. Well, I just I've, I it's always kind of interesting to know who has the best pre-order bonus if you really mm-hmm. want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like if you pre-order Wolfenstein soon, you get a free access, early access to the Doom beta, and I forgot. Which doesn't it, like <laughs> Doom Four doesn't exist. Like, I know they've never shown I screen am, one I am of it. Such a there. Doom sucker that I was like, yeah. I'm probably going to do that. Just, but a, what just is there was Doom? a logo for the new Doom. What is Doom without John Carmack? That's Doom. what I wonder. Was he part of Doom Three? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't remember. And well, Doom we Three was good. We will see. We will see. Yeah, Doom Three was real good. All right. Anyway, that's enough of that. So yeah, forum post two. Check it out. Can't teach the Twitter. H e n e r e y g on Twitter. Excelsior. Excelsior!